You've come to the right place. If you're a course creator looking to build more impact, income, and freedom, LMS Cast is the number one podcast for course creators just like you. I'm your guide, Chris Badgett. I'm the co-founder of the most powerful tool for building, selling, and protecting engaging online courses called Lifter LMS. Enjoy the show. Hello and welcome back to another episode of LMS Cast. My name is Chris Badgett and I'm joined by a special guest, Jean Perpiant from Design Theory. You can find him over at jpdesigntheory.com. Welcome to the show, Jean. Oh man, it's awesome to be here, Chris. I'm so happy to see you again, man, after so long. Yeah, absolutely. We caught up with uh, WordCamp US. Yep, that was the last place. Originally, Matt and Cabo, and you had mm-hmm. mentioned some course creation goals you had, which we're going to get into in the second part Can't of the wait. show. In the first part, I want to talk about your agency um, at Design Theory. One of the things I, I look for is kind of a holistic solution, because as I call it, we have this issue right now, I call it the unbundling of the marketing stack, mm, okay. where there's all these like specialists. And sometimes you get going on a tactic, but you kind of get off the big picture. Mm-hmm. And you you have um, like three areas you focus on at Design Theory, which is marketing strategies, mm-hmm. web design services, mm-hmm. and professional photography. And it's sort of like what we talk about in the show with our five hats. If one of those isn't optimized or even just has the basic fundamentals, you're going to fail. So Absolutely. like, for example, I see people do a lot of strategy and you know, get a great looking website, but it's full of obvious stock photography that immediately kills the brand. So like, if you don't do the photography piece, all that other stuff is not there. Or if you do the web design and the good photography, but you don't have a solid marketing strategy, it's, it's just suboptimal. So tell us about your trifecta there and how you deliver a solution. Oh man. So it's, it's, it's a little, it's so much. I don't, we definitely don't have time to get into all of it. Right. But it's a lot. The thing of it is, is to try to be as original as you possibly can, as unique as you possibly can to who you are. I think that over the years, when I first started design theory, I think we're we're about what year 11 or 12 now. Um, And so when I first started it, you know, I, I, I didn't have any of these resources. And my initial goal was for me to just be able to create websites. And before I knew it, it was like, oh, in order for me to create websites, I've got to have a way to for people to see them. I've got to have uh, images and content that needs to be optimized so that way you know it's 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 read it's readable, or legible, and things like that is pleasing to the eye. It corresponds with the content, um, and 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 they're they're complementing you know in terms of the in terms of the text and images and the graphics. And back then, uh, Flash was still a thing, so it was like okay, now I have to create animations that correspond with all of these things. Um, and and once I started to really almost try to niche down and I had to learn that over different conferences, over different books, where it was like, you really want to figure out what it is that you do really, really well and focus on that and then find the audience that definitely needs just that. And for me, I'm still trying to get down to that finite thing. The problem is, is that I do enjoy photography as a hobby. And so I still have that as a service. Um, I enjoy marketing. Um, because it's something that is continually changing. And though I understand it because of the digital space that I spend a lot of my time in as a consumer, um, I'm able to leverage some of the uh, nuances about marketing and offer that information back. 
And uh, with web design, I mean, we all need a place for us to have our, our own content to promote, to educate, to entertain and, and things like that. And so that is also something I still can't let go. I'd, I'd like to say I'm this person that this, this is one thing really, really well. Um, but unfortunately, I still wear those hats, at least the ones that we've identified here, plus several more that you talk about uh, with your five hats. So that's, that's my story there. <laughs> yeah, that's awesome. And just a pro tip for people out there, if, if you're not living where your um, photographer or where your web design person is, um, you can always just having a photo shoot can like help. Like I remember one time I, I was leveling up my branding and I, I realized <clears throat> I had gone way too long of not having a, a professional headshot that was me, mm -hmm. which means high quality not overly dressed up because I'm not really like a corporate guy. So I'm not going to put on a suit and like present myself in a way that I'm not. Right. But once I went, it just cost me like 300 bucks in my local town. And I, I it was, she called it like a, a, what did she call it? It was like a five minute session and you would got, it was really fast. I took sure. the lowest plan and then <laughs> I finally had a professional headshot. I yeah. was like, I should have done that like five years ago. Yeah. And a lot of people don't think about that, right? Because that is, especially if you are the face of your brand, then you want to make sure that you're representing the best that you possibly can. Um, years ago when we, you know, really first got jumped, you know, jumping into social media, uh, you know, any type of picture help, you know, was fine. It's like you and like maybe, uh, you know, your kids in the background or you're at the park or you're, you know, at your desk and the cubicle wall is like right behind you. And it looks, you know, almost like a mugshot, you know, and those are just, you know, they were acceptable. Yeah. But the thing of it is, is that we as consumers are continuing to level up and we make our judgments based on our first impressions. So you have to make a really good first impression, especially if you're using your face um, to help, you know, go coincide with your brand. The other thing in, ter in terms of photography is that if you have products, um, we are hypercritical as consumers when we look at buying products. And if that product photography doesn't look like what we expect it to look like, you know, based on competitor websites and things like that, or mainstream websites are bigger. Uh, we won't even buy it because it'll seem like something that probably won't be delivered right. It won't be, you know, the, the unboxing experience won't be what we expect. The packaging won't be what we expect. And then that means the product probably won't be what we expect as well. That's awesome. Well, this isn't really a photography question. Well, it kind of yeah. is, but um, for the course creator and the membership site, mm -hmm. there's this thing you create at some point, like a course or a membership has a featured image or what you would traditionally call a product shot. And in traditional internet marketing and information products, the older school way of doing it is you would have like a box and then you would have all these like CDs, fan, DVDs yeah. fanned out and then I know like them. <laughs> the worksheets and yeah. all the stuff to kind of visualize what people are getting. Right. And I think it's helpful, but the, the, um, the environment's changing in terms of like a lot of people aren't doing DVDs anymore right. or getting need a, a thumb drive in the mail. Right. So how do we make a good product shot? Like, I don't know. Do you have any tips on how to yeah, do that? Yeah, absolutely. So what you want to do is, what you want to do is create the scene for where, for where people are going to be consuming or how they would be consuming your content. And so sometimes that may be, and I'll just use this as a prop. So sometimes that may be, let's say even for course creations, or you're going through your, you know, and you, what you would do if you're creating a course, which we'll talk about in a second. Uh, but if you're creating a course, what you probably want to do is either hire let me give you a, let me give you an example. Let's pretend it's actually a parenting course. And say like, it's a course. So for a busy mom with kids running around at home, mm -hmm. so there's there's an example. What do right. we do with that? Right, and so and we're saying that the the, the parent has kids that are going through the course. No, the, it's to help uh, the mom or the, oh, the, mom. the dad. 
so like there's a busy mom first time parent course mm -hmm. and it's the mom is the target audience right so let's say so if she doesn't have time to go out and go to uh let's say a physical coffee location shop. going you know yeah. a coffee shop or anything like that to kind of consume this you know uh quietly so what would the scenario would be where she brings the kids in sets them up with you know with a snack and gives them some toys so they can sit down and play and then while they're playing she's able to sit back on her recliner grab her ipad and then she's able to go through and you know start you know listening to or partaking in this course maybe she's you know kind of using her finger use some gestures and things like that and then you know the the overlaying text if you will the overlaying audio is saying you know you know even if you had a few minutes a day for you to be able to consume this da, 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 for you to educate or elevate your your brand or elevate your uh, whatever your education you can do this yourself even as a busy mom with all these things going on you know and so what you do is you create the environment you create what the scenario is for the ideal customer avatar that you have and that is more resonating or that will resonate more with your target audience especially once you've identified them because you've given them the scenario you've also eliminated the challenge which probably a lot of them have been saying i don't have time i have this going on between work and da 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 Yes, you do have time. If you have a few minutes a day that you could just, you know, calm the kids down for a few minutes and you still be there, you don't have to leave, you can still, you can still achieve your education goals um, and, and using this platform. And this is how simple it is as long as you have a smart device, which most everybody does, right? So well, that sounds I just, a lot better. I just, just want you to say, I just want to say this is brilliant. Yeah. I just want to restate what we learned there, which is <laughs> in this one image or scene, we've identified who we serve. Right. Which is one of the questions people ask when they're evaluating a product is, is this for me? Right. Then you're um, contextualizing it and what's it like to use the product? Like, so can I see myself in the future using this product? Right. And you're handling the number one objection, which is I'm too busy. I'm too busy. All right. like with that instead of having and that's yeah that's within like that's not even a 30 second commercial that's easy <laughs> instagram ad for like 15 seconds 15 20 seconds and you're out the door with a call to action at the end you know um so it's it's totally but that's the thing that we have to do now because as consumers again we're able to identify where ads are we can see an ad coming a mile away whether it's you know on a social platform whether it's a tv commercial or even whether it's you know in a magazine or whatever and we're able to skip those whenever that we can immediately tell within fractions of a second if this is something that's relevant to me. Yeah, that's, um, I think Seth Godin, it was Seth Godin who's recently talking up the whole thing about the smallest viable audience. <clears throat> so if you like super niche down and you're like, my program is for busy moms with over two kids at home that are also homeschooling and living in a rural area. Like if your niche is like that tight, mm -hmm. uh, when someone sees that ad, they're like, wait a second. Yes, this is an ad, but this is like target. This is for me not just moms in general or whatever. Right. So. Cool. You know, the thing of it is too, that we have to remember is that um, there is still a part of our minds that is always looking for a way to advance something. Maybe it's uh, the new, you know, a new foodie air fryer or whatever. Right. And because everybody's talking about that, that catches its own wave of, of popularity or whether it's like, Hey, can, you know, if you were able to save uh, 30 minutes a day in over a week, what would you do? with, you know, two and a half hours of time to yourself, you know, yeah. so if you're, whatever that it is, just figure out a way that you could reach down to the core of what it is that your target audience is looking for and then give them the solution. Well, you just dipped your toe in the water of one of my favorite subjects, which is psychology and like yeah. subconscious motivation. And you mentioned that there's an innate human desire to advance. What other innate human desires might we be aware of in terms of when we're doing marketing or creating a product? 
Yeah, I should have had this up, but I usually have like the three E's when I when I think about um, when I think about marketing and when I think about you know uh, consuming content online, especially with digital in the digital space. So we look to these areas for entertainment. We look to these areas for education. Uh, we look to them for enlightenment. And there was another E that I'll come back with later. But essentially, those are some core things that we look at uh, when we when we're thinking about you know why we continue to scroll on Instagram and our Facebook feeds, our Twitter feeds, and things like that. We're looking for each of us are looking for those things, maybe not at the same time, um, and maybe you know based on the day, based on how we feel, um, you know, emotions, you know, is another thing that we look for. Uh, but we that's what we're looking for, and so whatever that it is that we happen to see that triggers it for us in that instance, based on the day, the time, where we are in life, where we are in, in you know, uh, whether we're at home, at work, those are things that can prompt us or trigger us to make another step. And that's the reason why you wanna, when we say about creating ads and creating content, you wanna create content on a regular basis because you may create something that's really, really good, but at the time that you send it out there to reach your ideal person, they may have missed it because you put it out at Tuesday at 9 a.m. and they finally jumped on that platform on you know Wednesday at 6 p.m. So you know having the ability to recreate these 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 and, and re re or re how do you say uh, repost or post creatively at various times of the day and weeks um, to then be able to capture the ideal customer. That's something that we have to do. It's tiring as a one of us that wears you know multiple hats. We have to remember, okay, we have to set this, we have to do this, and we have to do it natively. We can't just always use these automation uh, uh, things because they don't work for us in terms of the algorithms of the platforms. So we have to physically do this and to remember to do that and understand why it's important, but it does help. The hard work is essential. It very much is like it was you know, 15 years ago when we first got into the digital space um, as it is now. Wow, that's awesome. Well, Gene, while we're talking about photography, I want to put on uh, the hardware hat and <clears throat> um, I hear a lot of course creators wanting to level up on their camera and mm. their audio system. Yeah. So the, and I'm not looking for advanced. I'm looking for intermediate. Yeah. I so got it. The beginner is using their earbuds and their webcam. Yep. How, what do we do for less than a thousand dollars to level up our video camera and mm. our audio setup? Without introducing like too much hardware, too much hardware. Yes. <laughs> so um, I have a uh, on the audio side. Now, this is if you're someone who is on your computer, and most of the content you're going to be creating is via your computer. I highly recommend getting a snowball mic, and that's what these are right here. Um, they and for those are... of you listening, go check oh, out that's right. the Left LMS YouTube channel, and you'll yes. see this podcast episode. We'll put a link in there. Yeah, we'll yeah. put a link in the in the in the um, in the. Uh, description but it's a snowball mic um uh and and they're pretty inexpensive they're anywhere between 50 and 65 dollars uh, when i got mine they may be even less now because i've had this for a good couple of years but it's a really good brand um the sound quality that comes out of it is really really well and it's usb so once you plug it into your computer it'll recognize it and then um there's not really anything you necessarily have to download um and you're ready to go um, the key that I would say with, with any kind of audio devices, you're not going to want to have it right in front of you, like the typical, uh, you know, uh, movie or whatnot that we see people in the studio and they have those, those mics, those mics are special for that. These, you want to kind of have at an angle, uh, maybe at about, you know, 45 degree angle away from your mouth. So that way it's not getting the, you know, like those types of sounds. Right. 
Um, so that'll be a, you know, a huge uh, uh, improvement. Um, if you don't, uh, if you can't even get to that necessarily yet, um, and you really want to bootstrap it, um, use the, uh, the, the Apple uh, uh, headphones, um, the standard ones that come out with, with, with most phones. They do really, really well. They're the ones I'm using right now. Um, for audio, uh, for for me to hear, um, but they also have the built-in mic, and they do really, really well. So long as you're in a space that doesn't promote a lot of echoing. So if you're in your room, your walls are a little close, or if you need to, you know, maybe put a blanket over your head. I've seen people do that, so they can contain the audio there. That's totally, you know, fine, and it'll work just fine so long as you can breathe. Um, you know, those will work too. Now on the video side, um, you know. Most of us have a pretty late model uh, a smartphone, whether it's an Android or, or iOS device. Um, what I would suggest is that you get a camera. If you, I'm sorry, use your phone if you have a later model phone and position it in front of you. Clean the lens if you're using the forward facing or reverse, but make sure you clean it with a microfiber cloth so that way it doesn't have any smudges. Um, set that up in front of you on a stand. You can get these little stands, and we'll put the show notes, uh, put some links in the show notes where you can get a phone. It's a little clip. It clips in your phone. It screws onto a mini tripod. And then you can set that up right in front of you, right you know next to uh, your 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 uh, your your microphone, and then um, then it's set. And then so just remember that you're not doing a lot of movement around. So if it's something again, you're in front of your computer, uh, you're not banging on your table to make emphasis when you're talking, so that way there's no shaky audio or video. Um, those would do really really well. If you want to step it up to the next level, I would say for about just under five hundred bucks. Um, Panasonic has the, the Lumix G7, does really, really well, does 4K, um, and the kit lens that comes with it has a little bit of a zoom lens to where you can you can still get a nice little depth of field that's behind you if you have some space behind you, so you know kind of have a good little bokeh, um, if you will, but the uh, video quality is fantastic, um, and again, it's, it's pretty inexpensive. It uses SD cards, so that way, as long as you have you know at least a 32 or 64-bit card, you can do something that's under two hours. Um, and then the other thing that I want to say, one last thing is, um, these little road mics, um, I'm just showing you one piece of them here, but I will put a link below. These are about 200 bucks. I love these. Um, they are a wireless combo set where it has the receiver that can clip on to your camera. And then it's got the cable that goes right into your camera as well, uh, for the audio. And then it has another thing that looks just like this. Um, it's a little device that you would clip on. It's got a clip. You can clip it onto your shirt and it's got a built-in microphone and it comes with a dead mouse um, on top of it if you need to be recording outside. Uh, it does fantastic audio. It cancels out a lot of background noise. I've used it in a scenario where I had it clipped on to a client where she was talking about something that was happening in a, uh, an anniversary event that was happening behind her and there was music playing back there. You kind of heard it, but you heard her even better. Like You knew that there was stuff back there, but it wasn't distractive. And then we had people coming up to her that weren't mic'd and they were talking to her and it sounded like everybody that was talking to her was mic'd, even though she was the only one. And so these go for, these are by road. These are the road wireless goes. They go for about 200 bucks. Um, they may be on a deal if you, uh, depending on what time you go to the website, check them out. But I highly recommend those as a level up when it comes to audio, because again, being able to uh, record stuff wirelessly and uh, transmit that back to your camera. And they also can work for a mobile phone or if you, if you do the, the run and gun type of thing, they work there too. You just need to use your, uh, your adapter. If you don't have a headphone jack to be able to use it that way. That's awesome. So like, there's talking head where you're like, and maybe screen sharing, those are different types of courses. But sure. what you're saying, I think, is if we're doing like a, what I call action motion, like if yes. I'm doing a yoga video and I'm mm -hmm. a yoga instructor on the beach and I'm outside, there's background noise, I would want mm -hmm. that second setup. For sure, for sure. 
That's awesome. It's really versatile because again, like I said, you can just plug it in, maybe in your back or in your pocket or something like that, and and or you know, and run a run a, a lav mic to it if you want to do that, or just use the built-in mic. It'll work great. That was awesome. Well, let's mm-hmm. before we transition over to your course creation mm-hmm. goals. What tell us about LinkedIn? You've identified oh, an opportunity with LinkedIn. Okay, so um, I'm going to try to take this down to uh, to a couple minutes here, but um, I, I recently did a, a talk at uh, at Full Sail where I uh, did a presentation about LinkedIn and about ways to leverage LinkedIn. Um, for those of you that are watching this, you can go back to my website and you can actually download uh, a copy of the uh, of the presentation deck um, that has a lot of my notes and the talking points for this. Now, with that being said. Um, LinkedIn has over the past couple of years has kind of changed their strategy to being more of a place for content creators, um, and not necessarily emphasizing on those just trying to build and maintain an online business portfolio or business resume for, you know, looking for talent, trying to be uh, seen as talent, uh, you know, networking for jobs and things like that in positions. So you're now, saying they're getting more into like social media content than it just is. It's like, much more like that. Yes. Okay. They're, they're, they're favoring those of us that create content um, but they're lo- and they're looking for that so if you remember what happened with Facebook when they started to launch uh, Facebook live and where uh, and I got a tidbit about this too because they still kind of do this um, but if you were to go on Facebook and you do and you say hey I'm gonna go live putting your content or whatever your, your description and you hit that what was cool about Facebook is that they would put a notification to everybody that was online that was connected to you and say hey you know Jean is online right now click here to check it out so getting a push notification that this person's online using this platform for people to be able to see you you weren't getting that type of organic uh, interaction in any other way on Facebook right because we saw a decline with Facebook pages you know business pages things like that but then they prioritize this so LinkedIn is doing the same thing um, if you're creating videos and these videos don't necessarily have to be long, they could be just quick little instructional videos. If you can try to keep them between 90 seconds and a below three minutes, if not below two minutes, you'll do really well. And these are talking head videos. These are similar to what we're doing right now. We're talking about something, offering some, excuse me, offering some advice about how to maybe save time doing this, this new feature of this application, this new uh, way of uh, whatever, maybe a new product or service that you're offering and how, you know, it, 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 uh, you know, is, is effective in the marketplace, whatever that it is, you get to your point immediately. Um, and so what LinkedIn is doing is it's, it's, it's leveraging that it's making that uh, uh, being seen by a lot of people. And here's the cool thing about that. Now, not just video uh, that's also doing this with, with posts, uh, especially posts that you have images on. What's happening is that when you create a post on LinkedIn and you publish that, let's say we do it a Tuesday morning at 9 a.m. Well, whoever's on LinkedIn that day that's connected to me is going to see it in their newsfeed, right? When they're scrolling, and which is which is great, and that's pretty typical to what you're going to see with most other platforms. The difference is is that I post that a Tuesday at 9 a.m. Uh, let's say I have connections uh, connection that doesn't that doesn't link, uh, log into LinkedIn until Thursday, let's say 4 p.m they'll still see that same thing. Now, if they interact with that, let's say they hit the like button, they have some other little emoji things like hearts and things like that um, that they've added. Let's say they do that or they comment and they, they interact with that post, then the people that they are connected to that may not be connected to me, when they get on the LinkedIn, then they'll see it. So the lifespan of a post on LinkedIn organically is lasting. I'm seeing it last for almost months, you know, wow. up to two months, depending on the engagement that's happening, interact, you know, uh, uh, how do you say, uh, incremental engagement that's happening on that post. You can see a lifespan 
go for months, you know, where you wouldn't see that on the other platforms like Instagram, Twitter, especially Twitter, let alone Facebook. And that's on the organic side. That's not putting money behind it or anything. So, you know, I am advocating a lot of people to jump on there because I've been testing it. I've been doing, and again, I have some examples in the slides, but I've been doing that where, you know, again, you, you can't, you know, you couldn't buy that if you wanted to, you know, right now. Um, wow, that's, to get that's that kind awesome. of exposure. So yeah, that's my number one tip there among anything else. There's plenty of things that, that's in that packet, uh, that's in that slide deck to, 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 to leverage there. But if you're creating content, now, let me say this too as a, as a disclaimer. If you're already creating content on other platforms, you definitely want to be creating content that is specific for each platform. Don't just you know copy and paste. Purpose that specifically for the audience that is there because again, as consumers, we know and we can tell something that is that is authentic versus something that is just regurgitated just for the sake of regurgitating, right? So whatever you're going to be creating on this platform on LinkedIn, remember, especially if it's video, remember that people are going to be consuming that majority in, in mute or the sound being off. So if you can kind of add some subtext there to kind of talk about what you're saying as you're talking, you're going to do even better. Um, if you can keep that, you know, between 90 seconds or less than three minutes, you're going to do great there too, because people are going to be able to consume that. Remember, most people that are on this platform are consuming on mobile devices. So they're not going to be sitting there and they're not used to create, you know, uh, consuming content for a longer period of time on that platform. It may change in, in a couple of years, maybe, but for right now, it doesn't have to be long, which takes the pressure down off of you. And the last thing I want to say about this is that, um, if you're creating content in terms of, in terms of video, um, you can certainly do that with your phone. Again, make sure that it's stable. Make sure that you're in a place that has good lighting. If you don't have, you know, maybe an external light or something like that, stand in front of your window uh, during the day, open up your blinds and get some good light. Make sure that you don't have any background noise so people can focus on you and it'll do really, really well. Practice. That's awesome. Well, we'll link that up down below. Keep listening. This podcast is not over. This is just a special message about this episode's sponsor, WP Tonic Managed WordPress LMS Hosting. Think of it as everything you need to have a professional online course training platform right out of the box, ready to go. Find out more about WP Tonic's Managed WordPress LMS Hosting by going to lifterlikes.com forward slash tonic. Now back to the show. Well, that's, that was a lot of value. And I just want to uh, add one more thing, which is there's often a tendency to automate things too early or just mm -hmm. repurpose. Like you said, regurgitate for the sake of regurgitation. Mm -hmm. If you really want to leverage social media, like it's fine if it's like the same source material, but sure. each each con each platform has a different style of consumption mm -hmm. and all that. I think that's For a sure. really important po point. Um, as people look to automate, sometimes you don't want to just automate and repurpose without right. really getting into the strategy there. Um, sure. Let's go into your course creation goals and oh, what man. you're planning. What's and how can I help? Like, what are you looking to do? Man, uh, time, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> Um, for listen, so I want to create an, uh, a, a platform through my website where people can come to and, uh, get organized material over a certain period of time. I'm thinking at least with maybe a quarter of a year. So let's say over a span of four months, um, there would be at least one or two webinars. And in between the webinars, there's going to be, uh, you know, different types of resource material for people to consume, whether it be like a one-on-one on 
hey, this is how uh, this is how you can optimize your LinkedIn profile. This is how you optimize your Instagram profile. This is how you uh, can go in and create really good content that's effective, uh, or creating ads on Facebook or ads within Instagram and things like that. Right. So those will be kind of ancillary that's there. But the thing that I you know really need help on is kind of tying it all in. One of the things that I'm going to do at the very beginning of this is kind of do some discovery calls with uh, potential uh, attendees of this, uh, let's say, program where these are people who have businesses that are looking for growth and that maybe need a little bit of help on defining some goals that they could be achieved uh, within maybe six months, 12 months, and even beyond, where um, once I do a consultation with them at the very beginning um, that's included in this in this program, then they will get a custom uh, strategy plan that includes their goals and includes measures um, that will be uh, continually reviewed uh, through the course of the program uh, through an online platform and then also have uh, like check marks and milestones for, you know, what needs to be done, maybe per week, per month, things like that. But then also to see progress uh, uh, tracking over the course of the time to say, hey, you're doing really well. Or, hey, we're falling behind a little bit. Maybe we need to get in with another consultation call. Maybe we need to bring in somebody else, uh, another professional to help uh, get you through this this piece uh, so that way you're, you're still on target for reaching your goals. And these tasks can be, you know, uh, hired out by, you know, somebody else of another company or another, you know, uh, whatever uh, skill and they can complete these for you. So that way you can still focus on the other bigger goals, for example, that we've already outlined that are specific to you and your business. So all of that I want to kind of build, you know, I want to build it online so that way people can access it both on, you know, whatever device that they have. Um, but they also have this progress tracking and they have access to this even after they've completed it. So that way they can always know, say, Hey, my strategy plan, my custom strategy plan is always going to be available here for me to go back and review or use that as uh, for me to build on for the next, for the next year or the next term of the program that they want to go into. Wow. I probably feel like you felt when I asked you the LinkedIn question because I got, <laughs> I'm, I'm furiously taking notes over here. Of, good, of, good, good. A bunch of, uh, bunch of points. Um, let me have it. Let me start with just a couple things. Like who's the target audience? You mentioned small mm -hmm. business. Like, I mean, I yeah. think it's important, especially in the beginning to niche down right. by geography type of business. Um, mm -hmm. uh, you know, the style of business owner, like mm -hmm. whatever, like what's, What's your sweet spot? You yeah, the sweet spot would be uh, would be would be businesses that are you know have maybe between twenty to twenty five employees and below um, that have a marketing budget of you know at least I would say between two to five thousand dollars a month. Um, so that way, you know, the things that we're going to create for them are going to cost, um, both time to create as well as money for them to put in. And so we want to make sure that they have products that they, whether it's product service that they sell that are, that they can, uh, budget aside a certain percentage of that for their marketing efforts. It's not something to where, you know, if you're just getting in and, you know, it's for established businesses, if you will, but we're, again, we're a smaller agency. So we aren't looking for people that are, or companies that are bigger than, let's say 2025, but we can also manage with people that are kind of like us that are, you know, wearing multiple hats, um, but have, you know, established businesses, but just need some direction, need some accountability, um, you know, or have been kind of, you know, getting along, but really not, you know, achieving the goals that they set out to, uh, to, to achieve when they first started the business because they got lost in managing the business and working in the business instead of working, you know, top level on the business. Well, I would definitely encourage you to keep agitating the pain points there of, uh, yeah. just so that they, um, they feel like that, you know, they're wearing all the hats, you know, they're bursting at the seams in terms of mm. capacity. They're, 
they need strategy optimization. What got them there won't get them, or what got you here won't get you there. That's a perfect turning point for coaching of any kind of um, business coaching. Um, Mm -hmm. The other thing is uh, the concept of course plus that we talk about, like training course plus coaching plus bringing in outside experts. Um, Private coaching and group coaching is kind of where you're headed, I think. I've personally gone through some business coaching where um, I had a, in the, on the initial thing, there was like, they called it a strategic growth session. Mm-hmm. And it was a one-on-one super tailored to like uh, what I was going through and my unique challenges. And it was amazing. I'm, mm-hmm. I'm part of this program and it uh, it's just, it's just mind blowing to mm-hmm. me, like how good it is. Mm-hmm. But the, um, <clears throat> that initial growth session was really critical first to earn the trust, to get results right. quickly. The, um, the thing is like with the consulting, which I would encourage you to think about yeah, is how do you, with every one of those people, as soon as they get in the door, where's the low hanging fruit so that you can get them immediate value and, and get mm-hmm. them seeing an ROI on the investment. Right. That's what gives you the sticking power and gets you right. past the, um, I don't know, like the refund window, but also right. uh, keeping them committed and giving them that early win so they stay motivated. Right. Um, custom strategy plan, like not just, uh, um, like we're not just going to give some advice on the spot, but also let's map it out to your business right. and we're going to have regular check-ins on that. Right. Is pretty cool. Uh, one of the things I see people do as well is to unlock some scalability with that is to do a weekly or a monthly office hour where the cohort comes into the call and people can just talk about where they're stuck and your business owners are learning from other business owners, even if they didn't ask the question. So now we've got a little bit of the community element involved. Um, So that's there. And I, I like your focus on the, the budget. Like if, like in terms of, how many employees do you have? If it's 20 to 25, mm-hmm. they're, they've probably got a budget and depending upon where your price point is, like they're thinking about that investment hard and right. you know, they, there's a lot of places they could deploy that capital. Right. So really positioning yourself as like a temporary team member mm-hmm. con- as part of the p- team devoted to the mission right. is right. like really important. Mm-hmm. Um, the other thing that you said, which I really like is um, with training and consulting and membership stuff, I think we're, there's a transitioning happening where we're in this world of information overload and like, yeah. you know, you can hire anybody anywhere to do anything and all this stuff. It gets a little overwhelming. So one of the things that I, that I see course creators and coaches and consultants do to really sharpen the... Um, their focus is where do they start and where do you end? So if you, like you mentioned, um, it's a quarter program, like quarter of the year. Mm-hmm. And uh, after it's done, they, they might still have lifetime access. Mm-hmm. But I think that's really cool because some membership models are around like, I'm going to try to keep this person as long as forever. Right. And, and, and that's cool too. Like if you want to do that, but sure. for a business owner to be like, like what kind of program style is it? Is this like a boot camp where you go and there's this a quarter a of question. your yeah. It's a quarter of your life. Are you going to and then when you're done, you're not you're out, you're done. It's it's an accelerator. It's not mm-hmm. 
it's not something where I'm trying to keep you forever. I'm trying to help you accelerate and get crazy results and clarity and strategy and be more efficient. Right. But I'm not here to become a dependency. I think some of the right. best coaches, um, they know how to let go. They know how right. to get good results and then right. they know how to like let go. Right. Uh, so really? I don't know. Those are, I'm just jamming with you. Like, no, what? I love this. I love this. Yeah. Um, I, I need you to send this right back to me so that way I can, uh, <laughs> um, but one of the things I wanted to say is that I, I've also done a talk about this, um, uh, before we're talking about the difference between a mentor and, and a coach. Right. Yeah. Um, and even with having coaches really either of those, you want to have multiple ones of. Um, this is for me, and, and I, I wanted to mention this because I think it's very, very important to the conversation that we're having, is that um, you definitely will grow or outgrow your mentors and your coaches, and you should. The goal yeah. is for that. Um, and the other thing is to have multiple coaches and mentors because each of them will offer you something that uh, they can offer you at the time, but that's based on that person and their experiences in the marketplace. Um, they don't have all of the answers and they don't have all the experiences, and which is why you're going to want to have multiple ones um, to source from so that way you can you can grow based on your business all of us are offering a different and unique experience in the marketplace even if it's a service that's already out there whether it's new or old um, but we're still offering it in a different way so we need to be able to uh, position ourselves with different types of coaches um, and mentors to be able to take us through a time period whether that may be uh, and that's you know it's relative but it may be three months with one coach six months with this mentor a year and a half with this other coach and, and so on, you know, it, it really does depend. It's, 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 it depends on, 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 on each person and who they have and who they can get or acquire as, as business or as, as coaches and, and mentors. That's awesome. Yeah. And, and one of the, um, the philosophies I see with the most successful coaches and course creators, online training program creators is they focus like a laser or they prioritize like at the top, the mm -hmm. learner results. Where I see people get into trouble is when they focus on things like, I want to make money online. I'm trying to get recurring revenue. How do I increase conversions? All these things are really important and I'm not against any of them. But the people that I see find the most success are focused like a laser on the, the results, like the program effectiveness and how their people are doing. So um, one of my coaches his name is dan martell he's he has a, a a saying where how do we he asks the question like how do we add more value for our target market than anybody else in the world mm. and if you use that like as you are creating your program and just keep thinking about it and like improving that. your program over time that's that's the place where the powerful programs kind of come out of that um the other thing that i wanted to bring up with you is just yeah. the, the piloting concept where um, we talked a little bit about trying to automate too much or too early. Mm -hmm. Um, I would love it. Like my just top of the cuff ideas for you is like, if, how can you run this as raw as possible with as minimal tech, even without a website with like just a zoom account and an invoicing software mm. by creating an offer and sending it to your existing client base or, you know, running some ads or whatever so that you could get, even if it's just two, three, five, ten people in the first version. What I notice is that um well I like to say yeah, that the go launch, on. No, you're you're on it. Go ahead. Keep going. The launch is the starting line. It's not the finish line. Right. So uh right. you in order to do continuous improvement, you have to get like um 
one revolution through it first. Yes. Right. And the way you do that, uh, I call it moving slow to move fast. Like you got to pull back even, and it's especially hard for you. I would imagine as a technologist and a marketer and you see how you can connect all the dots <laughs> yeah. to, uh, to create the offer and just go through it. Um, one time. Cause, cause what happens is and it just, it, when you run that, the next time you launch it, it's going to be even better. Of course. I also recommend not doing the first one for free. Like you mm-hmm. need, people need to have skin in the game, but if mm-hmm. you can, you can do an early adopter discount and just raise your prices over time as you achieve mm-hmm. better results and better product market fit. Mm-hmm. But it's an, ev- it's an evolution in learning. If I put my instructional designer hat on, we have a concept called spiral learning where the mistake that people make is, um, if I'm going to have like this pie and there's all these wedges that people need to become masters at, mm. I'm going to focus on this one slice of the pie. What's, what's one slice of the pie for you? Uh, we talking about, uh, in terms of measurements, um, or just like a skill area where you're helping these business owners, like what's an important uh, slice. Uh, one of the biggest slices for me, I feel like where success is probably, uh, the easiest to, to cultivate is accountability. And where's a where's another slice of the pie that these business owners need that's important? Mm, knowledge, knowledge. Mm-hmm. So um, the mistake people I see make is, uh, and this is a this is a uh, theory. This is something I learned from a, an instructional designer named Julie Dirksen. Is yeah. the uh, is to try people stay in one slice of the pie for too long. Whereas, mm-hmm. how do we get like a little win in knowledge? And then shift, get a little win in, account- in accountability, mm. and then keep going around. And now we're back, and we're doing it. We step up our game a little bit, and we I start like that moving around in a spiral as opposed to being like, I like that. We're gonna master this one area, it. and then we're gonna move on to the next one. That's the big mistake, and it's mm-hmm. it's part of the expert's curse because you forget because you spend all the time in the trenches and you see right. what works. That um, people. It's, it's a lot harder than it sounds to get into beginner's mind and to get out of your own way and help somebody just get a little bit further along and right before becoming a master in this one domain. Yeah. So I'm actually going to draw that out and I'm yeah. going to send this to you because I think that, and I don't know, again, I, 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 I'll give this to you if, if you created it just like you did with the five hats. Um, but uh, if this is your, I love this. Um, that makes a lot of sense when I think about um can, like, that's what makes you want for more. So if you and think that gives about, you the quick wins. It gives you the quick wins. So you know that you're getting the, the progress, but then you also look forward to the next thing because you want to be able to move on. Just like, you know, any, like any type of game or whatever. I was like, ah, I get to level up. So now that you've leveled up, now when you come back to that first part of the pie, the first slice of the pie, you're now on the next level of that pie. Yeah. And you've already, you, you know, you have the confidence of success knowing that, hey, I've done this already. I've come from all these other things before. So I'm definitely ready to take on level two of this and move on. And I know that the next level two of the next slice of the pie will be just as attainable as it was for me the last time that I did it. So I can continue. I love that. That was fantastic. Yeah. It's uh well, I have full credit to Julie Dirksen. And also uh, I mentioned Dan Martell. He, he says growth stacking, not hacking. So mm-hmm. the fact that you're stacking these um, little wins, they actually play off each other. Mm-hmm. So instead of just, I'm going to give you, give you this hack and we're just going to go in this direction for right. the first three weeks. Right. Um, it's, there's no, there's no opportunity for this part to compound on the other part and for them to build together. Well, that's awesome. Well, this has been a really 
excellent show, John. I really appreciate it. Man, um, great. I want to encourage the listener to head on over to Design Theory. That's at jpdesigntheory.com. We'll have some links below in the podcast show notes. Um, is there any other final words you have for the the people? And, and I just want to say thanks again on such oh, a great man. episode. We covered kind of two different, two, this is like a two-part show. Uh, we'll have to have you back on again. For but sure. Any final words for the, the people out there? Oh, man. I, I, listen, ask questions. Um, there's a lot of people that are around you that actually are uh, eager to answer those questions for you. Uh, I'll say that for me, I, I try to spend a lot of time um, wherever I can and meet up groups and things like that and, and stay behind and, and be able to uh, provide solutions or probably provide answers. Um, for those of you that are out there that are looking to get into something or maybe even level up on, on your next offering, ask questions on, on those that may have already done something similar. Um, or if you've worked with people in the past, just say, Hey, listen, I'm thinking about doing this. What do you think? What do you, what do you, what are some pitfalls that you think that I should avoid? And what are some things that you think that I can leverage based on things that you've already tested and getting that advice from, from people that you've met, highly recommend it. Um, uh, masterminds, like the ones that we went to, you know, power press, fantastic. Um, I have relationships, especially with you and, and others that I think that I'll have forever um, because of that. And I have the confidence now because before going into that, I was looking for an LMS system and I was like, I've, I've seen yours. I, I, you know, read some things about it, but then I actually sitting down and talking with you, I was like, oh, this is fantastic. He's definitely the company I'm going with. I'm going with his, you know, because I, I, I could resonate with you. Um, and by staying at home, which a lot of us like to do and try to just Google stuff and research stuff, you don't really get the same impact. So ask questions and go out there um, and get involved in, in any kind of networking event that you can with some other creators that are doing things that uh, can complement your business. Well, awesome. Sean, thank you so much for coming for on the sure, show. Man. I really appreciate it. We'll have to do it again sometime. For sure. That, this is awesome. And thank you so much, Chris. I appreciate it. And that's a wrap for this episode of LMS Cast. I'm your guide, Chris Badgett. I hope you enjoyed the show. This show was brought to you by Lifter LMS, the number one tool for creating, selling, and protecting engaging online courses to help you get more revenue, freedom, and impact in your life. Head on over to lifterlms.com and get the best gear for your course creator journey. Let's build the most engaging results getting courses on the internet.